Thank you, everyone, for joining me on uh, my podcast. I want to introduce... I'm excited about this episode. Uh, we got an awesome guest today, uh, Khalil. Uh, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining me. No, thank you for having me. It's been going well, you know? Wrapping up for the holidays. Things are getting kind of busy, but uh, it's been good. Yeah, no, and that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, if, uh, for those who don't know you, uh, would you mind giving a little introduction? Sure. Yeah, so I'm Khalil Jamal, co-founder of Ambulant Health. I've been in tech and startup world for close to eight years now, and pretty much a UX designer and product person by trade, and been working on solving some of the challenging healthcare problems for the last five years with Ambula. So uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, so can you tell the audience what Ambula is? Sure. Um, so Ambula pretty much provides a suite of digital tools to help automate and streamline workflows for uh, independent practices and surgery centers. <clears throat> you know, traditional EMRs and practice uh, systems, they tell you how to run your practice, but with Ambula, you can build your own experience. So with Ambula, you can build your own patient charting experience, your own workflows, administrative workflows, and a bunch of other stuff. So we're, we're going a different route, you know, giving the tools to the healthcare professionals and providers to kind of build and manage and provide healthcare how, uh, or patient care how they want. That's awesome. So is it um, like an EMR? Yeah. So, you know, I've been trying to find a different word for it because, <laughs> you know, every time I say EMR, people kind of shake in their boots a little bit. But, <laughs> but essentially, it is an EMR. You know, at the, at the core of it, it is an EMR. And I feel like a lot of people have a misconception of what an EMR is. Um, because every time we present our solution, they're always asking about some specific things that you know, are not necessarily related to EMR, but you see a lot of it kind of packaged into an EMR. So technically, yes, we do offer an EMR solution. We offer like a practice management solution. So nowadays, a patient engagement solution. <laughs> you know, all these like marketing keyword buzzwords, you know. In the end of the day, like we're just providing something that allows you to manage your practice like through and through. Yeah. You, know? um, you kind of glossed over what your product uh, the cool things about your product, and I'm going to bring us back to that. Sure. So I've seen uh, I've seen Ambula, and I was pretty impressed with it. And the thing that I loved the most about the product was uh, being able to create your own workflows. So do you want to yeah. go into a little sure. bit of that? Yeah. So I mean, I'll talk about why we decided to do that. You know, one of our first, I guess, clients. So before the Ambula, we were working as a software healthcare company, uh, or like building custom solutions for different uh, clients. And one of the first clients was an ambulatory surgical center, and they wanted to streamline their workflow. And we were like, they were like, we are on paper, we want to go digital. I'm like, okay, look, it's very costly to build a custom solution. Like, why would you want to do that? Go use an EMR off the shelf, you know, just trying to be open with them. And he said, no, it does not work for us. And they said, I'm trying to dig in deeper, and I realized that it's because their workflow was completely different than any other workflow from the office, the hospital, wherever it may be. Yeah. Um, it was very unique. So one of the things we did with Amula was to build a, what we call just a workflow builder. And it allows practices and surgery centers to pretty much build a step-by-step -step workflow uh, that allows them, one, to capture information, maybe do dictation. Um, potentially email, um, you know, do all the things that you need to do 
to our platform and really allow you to just drag and drop components that you want and and put them in a sequence that you want and and do it for different <clears throat> types of specialty and use cases. So uh, yeah, it's kind of just like a high level overview of it. Yeah, no, and um, and the thing I liked about it the most was how do I say this? So I, I liked the fact that it was customizable, but there was also it was easy to use, super easy to use, and it was customizable. Yeah. So, like, um, and you guys created, like, generic blocks, like, for notes. And, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, you know, there's generic blocks in there. You can write notes in there. You can have dates in there. You can have yeah, so. um, all these other things that can kind of, like, okay. It's almost like a step-by-step thing. Like, if A happens and B will happen, then C will happen. And, like, we don't have to go in and do A and B and C. Like, as long as we do A and fail it out, B and C will happen. Yes, exactly. So what we've created pretty much is a way to create, uh, we have like a list of what we call components. And these Mm -hmm. components are um, various ways to document and collect information. And in those components, you're able to also add additional kind of like logic uh, to how you were saying and then additional, um, um, you know, layers of uh, conditions and logic to it so that you know, if you're filling up information here, you know, for A and you need that information A for, you know, step C, we can transfer that information over uh, immediately. And then, you know, we can, you could also like, hey, if something in A happens, we don't need step B. Now we got to go to step D. You're able to create these types of uh, workflows, again, very to the really granular level of like how you want to document and what you want to do. Uh, and the reason why we built this is honestly, we, I, I talked to so many providers, so many surgery centers, and they all wanted something different. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to build yeah. something for all these people. <laughs> it's impossible. So I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to build it anymore. You guys build it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that um, – and then and the way you guys have it, it's very simple and like really easy to use. And I think that's what I appreciated the most about the product. UX design, you know, again, I'm a UX designer myself. And we, I wanted to make it so simple that anyone with no healthcare experience, you know, can use it, right? I see online, there's like these training seminars of how to use EMR. I'm like, what, what, what does that even mean? Like, you should yeah. just be able to use it intuitively. I mean, we use so much technology in our day-to-day lives. Like, why can it be as simple as, you know, how we use banking or how we use our insurance or how we, you know, use social or e-commerce? Like, it should all kind of have a similar type of experience. Healthcare is, and should be no different in regards to how we interact with technology there. Man, I couldn't agree more. I think that's one of my gripes with the um, like the main EHR systems is there. There's no real mobile platform. Like it's not mobile friendly, and like you mentioned, everything is or everything on our whole lives is like mobilized except for healthcare, which yeah. never underst- which I never understood because like I, that yeah. is the thing that we need. Kind of to be a little bit more flexible. 100%. This should be the we should innovation should come from healthcare, and then they should apply it to like social media. Or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? It yeah. should go like other way around. You know, and I think the I started digging into this. I was like, why aren't these EMR companies like innovating? Right? Um, and a lot of them got bought out by these big big hedge funds. So yeah, like, all these EMRs that you all you, we all use and love and hate. Um, they're, they're not really independent anymore. They kind of got bought out and sold over a couple of times. So 
I don't know if innovation is in their best interest necessarily. It's, it seems like they might have like some R and D, but they're they're not going to radically change yeah. anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, especially like when you're there's a big difference between like founders and like you know investors, right? Founders. I mean, I was I was listening to this one thing where they were talking about how when a founder leaves the company when they get bought out, that's generally when two things happen: either they it stays stagnant. Uh, because the founders, you know, that, you know, you built this thing. It's like your almost child, right? Like, you know, yeah. you have a different connection to it than let's say I would and it gets stagnant. And then also it completely loses that connection with the user, right? Cause you're, you're, you're empathizing, right? I mean, you're a UX designer. I mean, empathy is kind of yeah, like empathy is, a big <laughs> empathy is the, exactly. the backbone of your profession. Right. And it, I just found that interesting. Cause I, and I think that's completely true. Like, you know, when an investor comes in, they're looking for how much, how x, how many x can we multiply this versus like the founder is like, hey, I'm trying to, I'm building the solution for why you you are the story, like you are creating the story, you're the one that's connected to it. Everyone else is not. Exactly, I feel like the vision kind of gets lost, um, you know, as it kind of gets sold and the 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 uh, kind of. North Star, which was create you know amazing healthcare solutions, becomes more of like how can we optimize for revenue and things like that. So uh, it is what it is, you know. I'm not hating on it, but it's like no, I feel yeah. like that's but we we that's the primary reason why I think healthcare has become so stagnant. Healthcare technology has been so stagnant. I think like another reason. I mean, another reason why healthcare technology is really stagnant is just there is a general distrust of technology in healthcare, mm-hmm. and I think that there's also Healthcare and it's, I mean, the people that go into healthcare, I mean, I can speak from experience. We are very risk averse in general, right? Because we're, that's the way we're taught. That's the way, um, you know, we're dealing with somebody else's life, not just our own. So we, we're, you know, we're, we grew up in that world and anyone that comes to us and like, Hey, I can do this, this, and this. And you're like, Oh, can you really? And there's like just a general, like, Oh, I don't know. And then also it stems from the fact that, Healthcare has been burned many times with technology, right? Like mm. the whole EHR revolution of digitizing everything really didn't do what it was meant to do. It was meant to help us streamline our workflow, make things more transparent for the patient and the providers. Um, and it did the exact opposite. It added more work. It didn't make, I mean, until recently, it's not transparent at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of hospital systems that have EHRs are still using their legacy workflows with paper. So you're mm-hmm. doing the paper documentation and also in the EHR. It's just like, it's a mess. You know, I think that whole EHR incentive program is the reason why it broke. Like, because it just flooded the market with all these um, EMRs that are kind of... Uh, kind of half-baked a little bit, you know? They're not really thought through. Like, yeah. you didn't really consider, like, the user. You kind of just did all of the bare minimum and then tried to sell it and, and reap the benefits of this, like, government-backed funding. Yeah, and, it, and, that, and that's kind of what happened in COVID, too, right? Like, you had... Oh, that's true. <clears throat> you had, like... I, I mean, I'm not... I mean, I don't want to... How do I say this? I think the majority of people that start health tech companies are generally doing it for the right intentions. I wholeheartedly believe that but i don't think they know they don't see the whole pie they only see the slice that they're Mm. dealing with and healthcare 
really humbles a lot of technologists, I think. Like they come in thinking they can do what they did, right? Like, oh, I'm going to create a SaaS product and people are just going to you know, love it. And that doesn't happen in healthcare, right? Healthcare, we need you we need to know that you're going to be in the industry for at least like 10 years like we can't have like you come in we change our infrastructure we do all this stuff yeah. and you leave in a year six months because it's you're, you're iterating or whatever right yeah, like, yeah. <clears throat> that can happen in google amazon whatever like where the customer is used to it but in healthcare we can't do that because you onboard all these people onto this platform and then it's gone so not only did you basically I shouldn't say waste. You not only do you spend all the money on infrastructure on the back end, then you're now you have patients that are depending on this technology mm-hmm. that doesn't exist anymore. And now it's actually affecting people's health. And that to us is then that just makes our life harder because if we're built our workflow around this technology and doesn't exist, then what do we do? We're like kind of SOL at that point. Yeah, no, it's very difficult. And that's kind of I feel like the biggest challenge is with healthcare or digital health in general is understanding all of the components that come with it, right? So, you know, one thing I see a lot is like these automated patient booking systems, kind of like a Calendly for your yeah. physician. I'm like, all it takes is for one EMR to just do this themselves and like, what are you left with? And I feel like a lot of companies either are like features try to make themselves as companies. And I feel like that could be a problem. Um, especially like you say, you know, providers and systems start adopting this technology and then they're kind of uh, wither away. Um, I mean, they might have had the right intention, but I think there needs to be a more holistic look and approach to how we solve problems in healthcare. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that, and you're thinking about the feature thing. One of my, <laughs> one of my, um, I want to touch on that. One of my, dreams in healthcare is creating like health like you know getting to a point where we have where doctors or clinics or hospitals are talking about hey what's our health stack like where the emr is the database (laughs) then you have like you know that's you know it's like a SaaS, almost a SaaS uh way of doing it but like your emr is your data backend database your you know you have a telehealth provider and then you have a you know like a you know a scheduling platform then you have a patient engagement platform and they all work together right like literally everything in our life is built this way literally i mean you can i mean uh, you can you're more on the technical side than i am but um i that is my that is my one dream is hopeful i want i wonder if this will ever happen in healthcare or if it does how long it will take to get to this point you know i think that 100 percent. like i think this needs to happen Immediately. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think the issues are that come along with that is like the, the idea of, oh, I mean, one for for one, we, we kind of already have a health stack, right? Like you are using different solutions, mm-hmm. for, but they're just so separated and, yeah. you know, siloed. So, you know, they might be using, I don't know, change health for like their clearinghouse. This one's for scheduling. I'm using digital intake from form builder dot or whatever you know what yeah. I mean? and it's like all of these things that just don't communicate with each other and um yeah i don't know how, what it will take for us to kind of get in a place where all these things can be combined as some, as a, a startup like operator you have all these tools to make your startup more efficient you have yeah. a stack right Let's yep. say it's like a sales stack <laughs> you know i got the crm i got this database i got this and they all communicate with each other yeah. they just flow so beautifully i'm like 
why can't his healthcare do that too? Yeah, it's that's like my dream, and I don't know if I'll ever if I'll live long enough to see it. Let's make but, it happen. <laughs> yeah, I would love to, man. I uh, that's my like you know, I think it would be so easy because you know the biggest thing is then if you're like an example, right? I, I wrote about this, but like this is a pretty good example, I think. Wrote, I'm a little biased because I came up with it, but sure. uh, <laughs> you know when you're in a cardiology clinic, right? A cardiologist, like a and a cardiothoracic surgeon mm. need two different things. They need completely different, they have completely different workflows. They have completely mm. different, not necessarily completely different patients, but you know, their patient population is a little different. They they need different things, right? The outcomes are completely different. The one is giving the medication, the other one is cutting you open, right? And, but they're both funneled into the same workflows, the same everything. And you're, you can't be everything for everyone. And like for me, like with that health stack thing, right? You know, the cardiologist would have one, you know, one health stack. The other one would have a different health stack. You know, and yeah. it and it does, and they could use ninety percent of the same thing, but just one thing is plugged in that's a little different than the other yeah. one. And I think that would be so amazing because that would that would be personalized to what your practice is, and that's what doesn't exist in healthcare. And that's kind of why I wasn't. That's why your your what you guys are building is interesting because you guys are building it in a way where I could theoretically customize it for what I need. I mean, you kind of touched on like what our ultimate vision will be, you know, or like the outcome will be, which is like creating this like modular EMR that allows you to connect with different technologies as, as well as like solutions that we are having to offer to automate and streamline stuff. So it's like, you know, now we're kind of dragging and dropping components, but these components can be really anything, right? Like they can be payment. They can be, um, you know, upload x-ray files. They can be, hey, trigger this type of action, that kind of action, or, you know, connect to this calendar, fetch that data, right? It can, whatever you want, you're able to just drag and drop and have those particular um, components and actions work. Uh, for you and then adding logic on top of them you know again a very intuitive and easy way right um, that just makes sense um, that's kind of like what our end vision is is to create this just continue to expand on more and more um, capabilities with this workflow builder that we have yeah no and i i mean i think that like i said i i do like what you guys are building and i wish you nothing but the best and i know in the previous conversation that we had um you know how is it building a startup like what has been your struggles in the healthcare world <laughs> is, and, oh, do we have enough time <laughs> yeah we got plenty of time i don't know man dude okay so we were uh, as i said we were a software development company i had no intention i had no idea about the healthcare world <laughs> i got in by accident <laughs> i kind of like stumbled in here um funny enough actually i was studying to become a uh medical physician um here in uc irvine um i was studying neuroscience but then i i dropped out because i'm like all my friends are volunteering at like hospitals and stuff and i'm building a, this app yeah <laughs> so i'm like i'm like building tech stuff I'm like, i think i'm i think i'm in the wrong field so i decided to switch to computer science and like ai uh, machine learning and um i found myself going back to healthcare somehow um yeah and uh, it's been really tough, honestly. There, there's so much you have to learn. And like you said, you get humbled really quickly. Like once you read, but the, the thing is you have to bounce back and you have to learn and you have mm -hmm. to iterate. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest challenge is learning all of this 
and figuring out how to strategically maneuver in healthcare with what you're trying to provide, right? So we learned very quickly that we can't, I mean, our first iteration of our platform was like a very specific workflow. And we learned very quickly that, man, everyone has their own unique workflow. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so we had to like completely redo, under, redo that whole thing. Um, and <clears throat> as someone who didn't necessarily have that much experience in the healthcare world, what we had to do, I think for the first three years, I was literally in surgery centers on the ground uh, at the nursing stations, in the OR, like shadowing the full workflow with the administrators, trying to understand how this thing worked. And the more uh, I got into it, the more I understood like how inefficient it was. Um, but I would say the, the top three challenges would be um, understanding how everything kind of works and how all of the maneuvering components of clinical workflows, billing, scheduling, eligibility, all these things, like how all that works um, was like a big undertaking. And then two is understanding the different business models and incentives of healthcare providers. Man, <laughs> that one, it was like, what the heck? Because you got some doctors who are like, you know, I'm all for patient care. All this. Some doctors are just, you know, business a little bit yeah. you know, it depends everyone's different um and then uh the last thing i would say is um creating a creating a simple solution for complex problems that was like the really the other hard part because that's like because in the end you can't just like add more complexity to it. you have to really understand like you have to understand the first two in order to do number three yeah if you don't understand the first two you cannot create a simple solution because you know at first we were trying to create a bunch of solutions and we were like we got to take a step back. We got to understand really how this works. And honestly, I kind of applied the UX design methodology to that. And then trying to understand like, okay, this is what the nurse needs to do. This is what the doctor needs to do. This is what the front desk person does. This is what the, you know, the biller does. And it's like, why are they doing this? Why, you know, you know, what problems do they have? You know, what would make their lives easier? And literally understanding every single stakeholder, I guess, mm-hmm. a workflow and really trying to get a deep understanding then we were able to start like really um, iterating on our um, product as well as um, understand everyone's kind of uh, motives and uh, kind of journey through using our systems and kind of their work. Yeah. I mean, you're explaining why it's important to have UX people around because it's, um, it's, uh, I mean, what you described right there is it sounds simple when you say it out loud, right? Sure. But um, how many people do that? Not many, right? They, 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 because they create the solution based on the problem they saw, that they felt, that they yeah. experienced, right? Exactly. But they don't look into why that problem happened. They don't get to the root cause of that problem. And you can't really fix the problem until you, you can't fix that problem that you experienced until you get to that root cause of that problem, which is, as you know, extremely complex, especially in healthcare. Like there's... I I, would, I tell people healthcare is a like the way healthcare is built right now. It's built for us to fail, but for somehow we figure out a way not to fail. And I think that healthcare people in healthcare um, are extremely resilient, and they we find a way. I mean, this, we find a way to make things work sure. regardless of what we're very, very dealing pragmatic, with. You know, like just being able to use what they have available to them, and then. 
um, make the best out of it and, and provide the best possible care. Yeah. But I think the UX not being in, in healthcare um, is, is, is a big thing I realize. I see UX in so many other sectors, but it, it's totally missing in healthcare. Um, and I think the other thing a lot of companies do, and I don't know why, uh, and I'm not saying this like bash yeah. physicians or anything, but because I used to ask physicians, like, you know, how would you approach this solution? And they would just give me an awful answer. I'm like, no, like that is just not, that was not how you would solve that. <laughs> like, for example, one of them, like an anesthesiologist, I asked this anesthesiologist, he was like, you know, like, why do you have, you know, all of these, you know, pieces of information kind of like fragmented? Um, why can't I just have one long page I can scroll up and down of all the things I need to fill up for my, uh, for my, you know, like workflow? And like, it's an awful idea. You're going to be scrolling up and down yeah. for information. But like the core problem, what he was really saying is like the information that I need at a specific time is not put together. Yeah. You know, so it's like, so I had to like dig in deep and really understand like what was he talking about? So basically, you know, some components or piece of information that he would want to collect were in a different step of the workflow. And we just had to be able to kind of just bring that together for him. Right. So um, that's what really needed that's what the right solution, I think, would yeah. be, right? But what his proposal was to create something that'd be <laughs> completely unorthodox and, yeah. you know, as a, from a UX perspective, right? So, Yeah, you're describing empathy right there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that, I mean, the quote that uh, comes to mind is with Henry Ford, right? He said that if I had asked people what they wanted when I was building the car. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They all would have said a faster horse, you know? like <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. it's, I am all for, I agree with you. I'm all for, you know, helping the customer out and solving their specific problem. But sometimes, you know, going back to the founders, right, in healthcare, they only mm -hmm. see the problem from their lens and they, you're so, sometimes you're so in it, you're so deep in it, you can't really see anything else. So you're like, mm -hmm. I have this problem and they want to solve it. And they're like, you said, I want it like this. But you kept asking the question and you got to the root cause of what the actual problem was. You solved that, the root cause. So then that hopefully alleviated, you know, everything downstream. <clears throat> and that's like a super important thing to have and possess. But um, yeah, man, that's awesome. But since I, I'm just curious, so do you do... Um, I mean, I'm just a nerd with like UI UX stuff, sure, but yeah. uh, design thinking versus design sprints. Do you have do you do you mm. subscribe to one or the other? Yeah, so these frameworks, right, in UX design, you kind of start with them, and you you have to somehow you you have to follow them in one way or another. That's just how UX is being practiced. But you know, design definitely. Yeah. I would say I would follow more design thinking, mm -hmm. but that's not to say I don't do design sprints. And you, as you kind of guess mature in UX, you realize that there is no one framework fits all type of thing. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to take bits and pieces from one another to really get the outcome that you're kind of looking for. In the end, you know, my philosophy is that the outcome is what matters more than kind of how you got there. Yeah. You want to make sure that you've done your due diligence, but if the outcome and goal that we intended was accomplished, that's what matters. 
Yeah. And for those who don't know what design thinking is, do you think you can give like a quick overview of it? Yeah. So design thinking is pretty much a process of solving a problem using design. So it goes through a, a couple of steps and I'm going to just like overview of it. I'm not going to go because there's people that call the steps different names. Yeah. Um, but essentially you have a, um, a, a problem that you want to solve and you uh, identify that problem uh, and, and the user that's uh, having that problem. You try to empathize, try to understand like, why they're having this problem. Uh, you do, and you do that by doing different types of research. You try to see like, okay, um, you know, what, why is this happening? What are the steps that's causing this? How are they feeling during that process? And you're trying to kind of de decipher like all of the different pieces of information relating to that problem and then once you uh have that then you kind of start okay like well how do we help them uh, achieve their goal uh and getting over that problem then you kind of get into the prototyping phase and then the, the phase of where you kind of start coming up with ideas and brainstorming and then you come up with a essentially a product or a version of how you would a solution how you would solve that and then you would test it and see, does it solve it? Does it really answer, the, does it help the user accomplish their goal? Um, and then, yes, it does, but it's maybe needs a little bit of tweaking. So you iterate, you do, you kind of start all over again and do the yeah. research part. And, and essentially, again, it's, it's just a, a way to um, solve problems using, um, you know, these design frameworks. And, you know, design thinking is, it's, it's used beyond just, I would say, it can be used beyond just like UX and UI mm -hmm. and digital products. It, it can be used really in, 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 in everyday uh, life. And it could used to be design other products as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Design thinking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's literally, I think a lot of people do it, but they just don't realize it. Right. Um, and yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's how most people solve problems, but it's just like a, like you said, a formal framework. Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes, you know, most people need like to be iterate, you know, to be actually solve the issues and this and that. So, that's very that's interesting. So um, I want to go back to when you were when you were going through all the clinics in the hospitals and stuff. How long yeah. of that process was that to go through and learn what every stakeholder did in the hospital or clinic system? Yeah, so we start with ambulatory surgery centers. It took, um, well, I mean, I was literally there when they opened up the office, like at five a.m. <laughs> you know, like first things first, doctors are late patients are here you know what i mean so i went through the whole like from beginning to end it took i was literally there i mean for the first part uh first six months i was there like every day wow every day Dang. and then and then the next six months i was like every other day <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year i was like there maybe twice a week you know what I, mean? I was there for a long time yeah. you know and it's not to say it took me that long to learn the process it took me maybe about uh like two weeks to really understand like the process it's yeah. Pretty straightforward. It's like we do scheduling. You get, you know, you got checked insurance and all that stuff. You got pre-op, intra-op, post-op, you know, and then you do like follow-ups like that, right? That's like an overview. I mean, that's not hard to to learn. It's really the, the nuances yes. of like what's going on in pre-op that's like very difficult. You know, what's going on in intra-op that people are having issues with. Um, that's where things that aren't necessarily uh, also kind of spoken to you because. Healthcare providers or people in healthcare in general, they're kind of just used to these issues. 
And I'm looking, I'm like, why are you guys doing this way? You know? And, and they don't even know it's a problem. They don't even know. Like they just used to it. And they're like, I'm like, would it be better if this were to happen? And they're like, you know what? Yeah, that would save me like two hours. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and, and it, it took me a while to not necessarily learn the workflow, but to like weed out all of the nuance. Cause like people in who work in healthcare, like they don't, they won't necessarily tell you. You have to ask like a sequence of questions to kind of like <laughs> get it out of them. I have to like interrogate them. I was like interviewing them. You know, I, I literally interviewed everyone. I literally interviewed everyone. Yeah. The owner, the front desk person, the 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 billers, the nurses, the anesthesiologists, the, the nurses that were like on, you know, per DM, not just full-time nurses, like what their issues were. Like literally talked to every single person and just like took notes and like tried to like map out how, how everything went. And then it's just like it was this it was an ongoing learning process. So, you know, and there's, I'm still learning stuff today, yeah. you know, it never ends. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's kind of like you're in an abusive relationship, but you don't realize <laughs> it because that's all you've known. And then you yeah. find out that, <laughs> hey, it's, you know, people don't yell at each other all the time or this is, you know, like it's, it's like weird, right? Like you said, I mean, we're, it's, it's just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're so used to doing it one way and, you know, and you don't realize kind of what is out there or what you know the grass is sometimes greener and like you mentioned like and a lot of, i think a lot of times also people are just kind of like you know what whatever let's just get this done with and it's just kind of like yes and that that kind of and then that mentality kind of over goes over everything else and like you mentioned so it's hard to kind of us uh, us to kind of pinpoint the problem because we are so we've been the workaround is now the solution right which mm-hmm. wasn't the and we almost forgot what it was supposed how it was supposed to be mm-hmm. so when you ask us how it's supposed to be we're like um sometimes you can't tell them because you haven't it, it's 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 been so broken and iterated over so many years and now it's just like it is what it is and like we need people like people like you that kind of go in and tease it out and it's literally. I mean, I, I when you, I was laughing while you were saying inter- interrogation and stuff because that's <laughs> almost what it, you need to do. Because even with me, like when I during my career when I was we were trying to do like you know process improvement projects and things like that, it's just like you're just like pulling teeth with people sometimes. It's yeah. no, it's uh, something. Sometimes I have to interview people multiple times in order to really get like an answer or yeah. like like to get a better understanding of like what is it that. Um, like I, I ask people like, what is it that like, what is your typical day to day? And they would just show me how they use the system. I'm like, this is not what I'm asking you exactly. I'm asking like, what what is exactly what are your goals? You know, really, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and maybe if I had better, I guess, interview questions, I probably have way better interview questions than I was before. <laughs> then I can probably weed it out. Like, what is it that you do? Yeah. <laughs> no. And so, I mean, and also like, what is it that you do? Like. End up like especially in smaller clinics, the person that's hired to do A ends yep. up doing A B C, exactly. and they're not trained to do B and C, so they kind of come up with their own little way of doing it, and it's not necessarily the most efficient way, but you know, hey, they make it work, and yeah. then you're asking them how to do it, and they're not they're telling you you how they do it, but they not, they don't know the nuances of what's happening sometimes. You know, looking back like retrospectively. You said it uh, during our conversation. Sometimes I wondered after visiting a center or a physician's office, I'm like, how the heck is this place operating? 
you know and like you said like they just figure it out like they just figure it out i'm just like it was just chaos just simply chaos and i guess that's what we're trying to solve let's like simplify it let's just simplify let's make things easier because you know there's a lot of times when i was learning about healthcare people would start talking about stuff just jargon and just like value-based care i'm like what the heck are you talking about you know and it's like they make it so complicated um especially all these terminology and really when you just like distill it it's not that bad um whether or not you know why it actually happens but at least we know that it's happening or how that works um and uh like you said it, it just it just works right now but you know is that how it should be not really yeah, and I have a little secret to share with you. Half the times we don't even know what it means. <laughs> so that's why we just say the jargon <laughs> and just hope that you know what it means. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's you know, we're doing this, this, no, and this. I'm the, I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> I'm like, what did you just say? Like, what does that mean? Give me a full breakdown. And then, you know, sometimes they're like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they would do like a circle, like, uh, yeah. you know, explanation, like, oh, value based care. It's just a you know, value based care. That's what it is. Like, okay. It's value. <laughs> and then we care for people, but we care do it in a people, in yeah. a way, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, but yeah. I mean, like I said, we make it work uh, for better for worse. It is what it is, but you know, it's it's good to see people like you coming into the space and hopefully showing people that hey, it can get better, it will get better, and that's the thing that I love about. That's the thing I like like talking when I'm talking to technologists is, you know, when I talk to people in healthcare, or I mean, I am in healthcare, so, you know, you come up with a solution and you get a hundred reasons of why it won't mm-hmm. work, right? Mm-hmm. And they might be valid. I'm not saying they're not valid. But when you talk to people in technology, you tell them a crazy idea. They won't necessarily tell you why it won't work, but they'll be like, you know, let's look into it, see what happens. Um, and let's just try it. See, you know, and that's, and I think that just is from the culture of, you know, you know, des- you know, like kind of like design thinking, right? You're yep. creating a solution, you're iterating, it doesn't work, you go back, relook at it, iterate, it doesn't work, go back. And like that's just kind of and there's this um I think his name is Bon Koo. He's a doctor, he's an ER doctor out in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he is a big promote proponent of design thinking in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I never I never thought about that until i he, he's got actually a pretty cool podcast um okay. definitely if whoever's listening definitely listen to him if you have any interest in healthcare or design it's it's an it's amazing he has amazing guests that come in but yeah he, his whole thing is he wants to teach med students and everyone like design thinking because it's just a formal process to kind of fix things mm. and it forces you into that mind frame like in that mindset right you're not just like oh whatever we just got to get through it no it's like okay we have this problem what is this problem? How do we fix this problem? These are some mm-hmm. solutions we have, and let's try them. If not, let's try something else. And just, and I just think that what, like, I just think that that's such a cool idea. Personally, totally. I think I think no, a hundred percent. I think that I think it allows you to do a couple of things. If you apply design, if more physicians apply design thinking, it will allow you to be one more empathetic mm-hmm. to not just patients, but like, you know, their colleagues. Yeah. And then two, it provides them like a really good framework to solve problems, whether it's like a diagnosis or, you know, treatment plan or things like that. I think it's a very good idea. honestly. Yeah. 
and it's something like I said, it's it's being done in the background, but you know sometimes steps are missed, right? Usually the first step is missed of empathizing with the problem. You, I mean, yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the times that's the that's the part that's missed the most. I mean, the iterating and fixing the problem or what you think the problem is, but when you can't really even identify what the problem is, empathizing with the problem, empathizing with the customer, user, whatever yourself, even 100%. even yourself. Like sometimes we don't even empathize with ourselves. Like what we, <laughs> you know, kind of to your point when you, earlier, like. We don't even know what the real problem is. We don't even know what's going on, and we're but yeah. we're fix we're trying to fix a problem that we think is the answer. Yeah, no, I think empathy is definitely skipped. You know, it, the reason why I say that is because every time I try to when I try to um, interview uh, some some like individual or stakeholder as a part of a specific workflow, they're typically just talking about like their process. They never really talk about or even understand what the other person that they work with and like require for, you know, their work to be, you know, done properly is sometimes. Um, and I feel like, it's like, well, do you ever talk to this person? Like, do you know why they have to do this or do that? Like, like no, I just do this. I give it, hand it off to them. I don't know. What you know what I mean? And maybe it's like not in a good way. Maybe the formatting, I don't know, whatever, but it's empathy. I think it, is lacked in not just you know we talk a lot about patient care and you know it's like what about like physician care like wh- yeah. why do we we talk about personalizing patient care and stuff which is great but i'm like why can't we just personalize also like physician yeah. workflows and care and then how they work too i think that's yeah. what should be done no i mean and the other thing is if you're creating a product that's just patient focused who do you think is going to onboard those patients usually the clinicians yeah, right exactly and if the if if their if their side of it if you're adding more work to them and if you're um they're not going to push patients towards that they have an incentive not to do that because it's making their job harder that's already hard as it is so when you're building a solution for health te- i mean healthcare you have to take i think that's one of the things that really catches people is you have you have so many you have three main stakeholders right in healthcare that are all working against each other you have the patient you have the physician you know the clinician whatever doctor pharmacist np whatever and then you have the payer and all three of them want completely different things yes. and they there's like a very small area in the middle where they overlap but the majority of it is they're completely it's 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 like oil and water all three of them and they don't mix they don't overlap and i think that's where a lot of people get stuck and i don't blame them i mean if if it was that easy we would already have solutions no 100 percent. and i think you know if, if we're able to apply maybe design thinking problem to solve that i think we can um yeah and it's really just coming back to again like empathy it's trying to understand like what do the patient want? Is it, what does the provider want we all know what the payer wants, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just figuring that out. And you know, it also it kind of gets tricky because you got all these business rules and regulations and things like that, and infrastructure that simply doesn't allow you to to do the work. You know, one thing I realized, you know, it, it, like we need more UX design in healthcare. We don't have the infrastructure to support UX design. No, in healthcare, so it's like. How can you, like, that doesn't even make any sense. You're not really solving the problem. You know what I mean? So you could hire a million UX designers, but you, you aren't able to do like a simple API call to get the data that the user or needs to 
to do the specific work and solve their problem. I'd say it's like, what, how, it makes it one 10 times harder for you as to figure out how to solve, you know, these problems because you kind of have to work with what you get, but it's still not the most ideal no. solution. You kind of still put in duct tape, you know, um, and kind of patching things around. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know, the saying is like, you know, put, you're putting lipstick on a pig or like, you know, polishing a turd. It's still <laughs> yeah, a turd, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> it might be shiny from far away, but yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the thing we need in healthcare is the complete overhaul and so, that's so. not going to happen. So yeah. like, I mean, anytime soon, like, I mean, sure. I think that, all right, I might get some flack for this, but I do think that these legacy yeah. EHR systems have a shelf life. And I think that if they continue to work the way they're working, there's going to be someone that comes along. Hopefully it's, you know, you, uh, but there's going to be somebody that comes along that just infiltrates enough and they build that, they build that rapport with these hospital systems, clinics, and so on and so forth. And once that contract starts coming up, they'll start being like, hey, you know, we love Ambula, what you guys are doing, you know, and this, you know, it's just like, I think that's going to happen with people, I think in the next six to ten years, I think we're going to see maybe a shift. As long as as long as it's what's happening is happening right now, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just me, like the uh, you know the crazy person in me thinking. But I do think that these legacy HR or like these big ERs really need to um get their stuff together because what they're doing right now is not really helping us, you know. Every update we get, there's just more stuff thrown on the screen. That's not what we want. Yeah. We need to be able to get what we need. We need to get to where we need to get to easily and be able to do it in an efficient manner. And what we have now is not efficient whatsoever. It's working against us. 100%. And I feel, I feel like the main reason is because they try to cram everyone's use case into like a screen. Yeah. You know, and you have all these different doctors, specialties, and it's like, you know, not all, they don't need all this information. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're, we've taken an approach where it's more of like, you build not only for the special, you can honestly, for, in our system, you can build for the physician. You can literally build for like one physician that might be like super particular about his work yeah. for let's say pain management and other guys more like, you know, actually I want to do it this way. You can build, and it's the same like case, yeah. you can build a workflow for the physician. And, and I feel like that's the issue with a lot of EMRs today is that they're not allowing you to be able to practice the way you want to. They kind of have a workflow. You got to follow it or find a workaround. So um, I feel like that's the missing piece. Yeah. And um, usability, of course. And that's why, like, my dream of having a health stack would literally solve something like that, right? You could could create something. You You could put together the parts you need versus the parts you're forced to use. But, uh, but yeah, man, how does, so let's say I'm, you know, a clinic or surgery center or something. How do we get a hold of you, man? Yeah, you can go to our website at ambula.io. That's A-M-B-U-L-A.io. Um, you could also find me on LinkedIn, um, Khalil Jamal, or like Ambula Health. You'll be able to find me there. Um, yeah, and if you want to get a hold of me, literally the, the phone number on our website is uh is my phone number so <laughs> you can you will get a call else I'll, I'll pick up you call that phone number <laughs> you, you hear that guys you literally get the founder of the company if you call that number you yeah. cannot get that kind of service from other places no man and uh i'll also have all those links in the show notes below 
Um, but man, uh, thank you so much. Uh, before we go, like, do you have any advice for yourself when you, you know, any advice for yourself when you had started or any advice for somebody that's trying to get into health tech or EHR specifically? Yeah. If you're wanting to get into healthcare tech, um, I would say try to look at things more holistically mm-hmm. and really talk to people. Like talk to as many people as you can and try to understand what exactly that you're solving and then try to solve the problem. I think that's the best way to, to get into it and, and to try to like brainstorm you know, different things that you can. Because you can, you can create great solutions just in like really niche pockets. You know? Yeah. And to help, you know, specific specialty just provide better patient care. You can definitely do that. You don't have to like revolutionize the world with your new AI, ML, um, whatever jingle jangle thing you got. Just, <laughs> you know, you can, you, can, you can do a lot of impact with just some, some simple things. Um, but again, just like talk to the people, empathize with them, understand their problems, and then just like research and understand like what's, how they're doing it, why they're doing it and, and try to come up with some solutions. And, and I would also want to say like, when you come up with solutions, like don't wait so long to show, something. like literally show them your iterations as you go along, because that feedback will, will take you along. Like if you spend a lot of time building a solution and then you're like, you know what, that's actually not going to work because of X, Y, Z. You wasted a lot of time. Like, get feedback almost immediately. Yeah, and I think that's great advice. I mean, we we talked a lot about empathizing with uh, people throughout this episode, but I think what you just said right there is getting feedback almost um, live, right? Live feedback mm-hmm. as you're making it is extremely important because if your avatar or persona that you're building for is like, yo, this isn't going to work, <laughs> and you spent seven, you know, a year building it, you're sol at that point right it's yeah. better to waste a couple of weeks to a month versus a yeah. whole year a couple of years doing it so no man that's uh amazing so but yeah no thank you so much uh you, for being on this episode i really appreciate it man uh, and thank you for uh talking about the design world a little bit with me i don't get to talk about that too much with too many people no, no, it's fun. i'm um, geeking out on this so. yeah man i love that stuff but yeah uh i'll have the the links in the show notes below but ambula.io and you can also find khalil on linkedin um and yeah man just reach out to him he's a great guy they have a great product um and see what they can do for you so yeah man thank Thank you. you thank you so much thank you zane thanks for having me all right man